Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Stuber. Please be a five-star ride. Hey! Uber? Yeah. Be cool, be nice. I'm Stu. How do you do? Compton. I'm LAPD. Let's go. Do you have a more specific address? Compton! Stop yelling, neighborhoods. That's not how Uber works. Hi, ladies. What the hell's going on? You selected the Uber pool option. Uber what? Ladies, official police business. Is that even real? Get out of the car! Official police business? She's going to see a friend. Take this. Oh, I am not touching that. It's a baby gun. It allows you to fire it while crying. Is this an Uber? (laughs) Get angry! Stop that! Why are you laughing? Oh, this! This is the least! You got a shot in the leg. Good for you, man. You shot your first guy. <gasps> You're scared, Miss Boo! And I love it! How do you know my dad? I got an idea! I'm gonna put this propane tank at them! You shoot it, you blow up their car! He kidnapped me. <laughs> that doesn't freaking Jaws! Exactly! Just like Jaws, it's gonna work! Ready? We killed some people. Go! Someone's trying to murder us! Hello, operator? We need help. Someone's trying to murder us! All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Stuber, and the story is as follows. When a mild-mannered Uber driver named Stu picks up a passenger who turns out to be a cop hot on the trail of a brutal killer, he's thrust into a harrowing ordeal where he desperately tries to hold on to his wits, his life, and his five-star rating. The film is starring Kumail Nanjiani, Dave Batista, Iko Uwais, Natalie Morales, Betty Gilpin, Jimmy Tatro, Mira Sorvino, and Karen Gillan. It is directed by Michael Douse and written by Tripper Clancy. Join me for this podcast review. I have Katie Schaefer. Hello, hello. And Dan Bayer. Good morning. Are you guys ready for a super, super stuber five-star podcast review or what? <laughs> I'm here and I'm, I'm ready for it. Seriously, I want to just say it right at the top of the jump here. Rate us five stars on iTunes if you guys like this podcast. I really would appreciate that. Uh, but in all honesty, though. This is a uh, this is a light movie. I consider this to be a break movie for us in many ways. Uh, coming off the heels of last week, where we had Spider Man and Midsummer, two pretty big movies for different reasons. And next week we have The Lion King. So Stuber's kind of like a nice break in between here. Uh, you know, I, I, it's like one of those movies where there's not much to talk about, but you know, we still have things to say ultimately. And so let's uh, take it right off here. Why don't we pass it off to Katie? Let's hear your thoughts. What did you ultimately think 
of the comedy action film Stuber. So I felt very mixed about this movie. There's parts of it that are really funny. It's It can be really fun to watch, especially for me, the third act. It makes up for most of the first two acts. But I also felt like this was a movie that really wanted to have appeal to everyone, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it does that appealing to everyone by kind of playing both sides of this masculinity debate, whether or not, you know, with Dave Bautista and Kumail Nanjiani, you have two very different men and Dave Bautista is a very macho man and Kumail Nanjiani is very not. And it, it tries to pull all the audience in by using both of those ideas as the good one, you know, being a macho man is good, but also being a sensitive man is good. And it never really picks a road to go down. And that felt disappointing. Felt like they could have done a better job with this if they had put a little more effort in to the script and the ideas behind it. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that as well. I felt like this movie had some gut-busting laughs, but I also felt my brain get busted at times uh, based on that debate over which one of those two was the correct path to take. And it doesn't ever seem like the movie chooses one over the other. And it kind of comes up with this, I don't want, it's like, it's almost like a mixed moral message ultimately at the end, because I think we're supposed to view one side is bad and the other side is good, but then it seems like the other side is good and the other side is bad. Then it feels like both are bad and then both are good. And it's like, make up your damn mind, people. Like, tell us what you want us to ultimately take away from this in the end. Dan, what about you? Um. Well, I I feel slightly different um, from the two of you in terms of that. Um, first of all, the fact that it the movie even brings up this sort of masculinity like what is the right way to be a man is there even a right way to be a man sort of thing like that was the last thing i was ever expecting from a you know <laughs> studio big studio big budget buddy comedy action comedy starring dave batista first of all like the fact that it even went there at all was a huge shock to me, especially since most movies that feature a similar dynamic amongst its two leads don't really go there. Um, I thought it was hilarious. I was actually pleasantly surprised by the chemistry between um, Kumail Nanjani and Dave Bautista. Um, and I, again, like, I was I was just impressed that the movie decided to like make the to to really take on that the personas of its stars in the way that it does. Um, I I don't think that the point was trying to say that one of these is right and one of these is wrong. I I personally saw it as more like there's more than one way to be a quote unquote man. Everyone needs to have their night in the desert, right? <laughs> and, 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 and that night in the desert is different things for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 too, am a huge fan of the chemistry between these two. You know, Dave Bautista, I, uh, so confession, 
I used to watch wrestling religiously. Me too. And so <laughs> Batista was kind of one of those guys that I, I've always seen him as one way, The Rock being another as well. Mm-hmm. And seeing Dave Batista in movies like Guardians of the Galaxy, Blade Runner 2049, and now this where he's actually a lead, um, it's actually quite refreshing to see that it seems like he really does want to take the craft of acting seriously. Um I'm not necessarily sure if this is the kind of movie to prove that. There were there are some times in this where I did feel like he was a bit too wooden and impenetrable, where Kumail obviously was giving the more expressive and animated performance of the two. But then there definitely are some moments where the contrast between the two works, I think, even better than, say... Another comedic duo pairing that's very similar to this, like with Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. I I, I genuinely felt that there were times in this movie where these two guys perfectly complemented each other. And it kind of culminates in this really, really fantastically funny uh, fight scene in uh, a a department like store of some sort, Uh, like like almost like a Walmart type. Far and away the best scene of the movie. Yep. I, I had a hard time believing that Camille Nanjiani could like hold his own against Batista in a fight, but the movie handicaps him uh, with this uh, laser eye surgery that he has at the beginning of the day. So like for 75, if not 90% of the movie, he can't see straight. And I actually, I actually really liked that because... It, it definitely presented some really funny situations. It uh, created conflict throughout the movie. The only thing that I kind of wish was I, I just wish that the film didn't lean on it so, so heavily. And it was a bit inconsistent. I felt like there were times where. Oh, totally. So bad sometimes. Yeah. Um... Yeah. I, I, there were times where he was blind as a bat. And there were other times where I felt like, wait a minute. You're kind of telling us that he's completely blind, but all of a sudden he could do X, Y, and Z. And it didn't really seem to like add up. It, it just seemed like it was a plot device that was conveniently used when it needed to be. Yep. When he's shooting people in the head from across the room. Yeah, come on. <laughs> and he says it's because <laughs> he can hear. Like, You're not a bastard. Okay. <laughs> but like, you know, Dave sells it, I think, pretty well with like the squinty eyes. And, you know, he's constantly... Uh, what I love about his performance in this, actually, and even though I do think it's a, a tad bit inconsistent, is that I love how he, like, like his character Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy, he's just so serious. Yes. So blunt, so <laughs> driven towards a goal that, it, like, humor and uh, any other signs of emotion just fall flat for this guy. <laughs> Right, he's, he's very a, much the straight man in this co- in this. He's a great straight man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I think he, I think it plays off so well with Kumail Nanjiani because Kumail is so very much the the funny guy, but he's not over the top about it. He's not uh, too outrageous. So that Dave Bautista is so straight, man, and it works well together because it, for the most part, it feels a little understated between the two in their in their relationship. It's not like in Psych or something where you have one guy who's just and the other guy is just nothing. So I liked the how their chemistry played off together in that specifically because of how Dave Batista is such like I am straight guy. And they both have uh, two uh, external uh, storylines going on with two women in their lives 
that both also kind of perfectly demonstrate that Batista needs to be more sensitive and in touch with his emotional side in order to get a better relationship with his daughter. And Camille Nagiani needs to, you know, get some self-respect and take a stand. And this girl that he is madly in love with, he just has to tell her how he feels. And if she doesn't, you know, go with the flow with it, then too bad, you know. And I, I, I actually kind of, you know... <laughs> That whole, like, aspect of this movie, uh, like, Kumail trying to gain that self-respect in order to, like, make that stand, it made me remember how self-conscious and, like, like uh, how, how inconfident, uh, unconfident, no, lack of confidence, I don't know how to, whatever, I was, like, in high school, <laughs> and I remember, like, I had trouble approaching girls and things of that nature, and, and I, like, thought to myself while watching, you know, I feel like if I was... 16 years old or you know 14 whatever i feel like i would love this movie a lot more like a lot lot more but now it just feels like a middle of the road action comedy that you know the action is not really that great the comedy is good at times but i do think it kind of comes and goes it's not consistent throughout um it's not trash it's not like a terrible movie i've seen much worse movies this year but i definitely feel that if i was younger i would have been so so into this i absolutely and like the thing about the action in this this movie like which is fine but (laughs) the um the 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 opening scene the the guy that they're chasing this guy who becomes like you know the the um the white whale of the movie is he a bionic man? Like, is he a robot? Because he, the, like, survives the most ridiculous thing. Well, you know this guy's history, right, Dan? You Like, you know who he is, right? The the actor? Yeah. I, actually, I don't. Okay, so you ever heard of the, these movies called The Raid? Oh, he's been in that? He's the lead in both The Raid yeah. and The Raid 2. Oh, okay. He's That's in cool. a... Mile 22. Let's let's not bring up mile 22. <laughs> let's forget about mile 22. <laughs> but but this movie makes the same mistake that mile 22 did. Yes. In that they kind of waste his talents with shaky cam, quick edits, and his insanely, insanely talented skills as a fight choreographer and what he can do on screen as the raid perfectly demonstrates. Dan, by the way, you got to watch those. Those are... Those are amazing movies, uh, just an FYI. I've heard. The movie does not perfectly utilize him. And if you're going to hire him, you hire him, I think, for a specific purpose. And this movie does not do that. And it it, because also, too, he like from you don't hire him for his acting or, you know, to cast him as like this great antagonist. You don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) So that, that to me is a huge disappointment because other than. You know, the Raid films and a few other movies that he has done that harkens a bit closer to that. Um, Hollywood, like you said, Katie, with Mile 22 and now this, doesn't seem to know how to properly utilize him. So he is such a great presence in the movie. And I felt like they just wasted every little bit of it with this. Yeah. Except for that opening scene where he like falls three stories and gets shot and is somehow still alive. Yep, And fine. Yeah, fine. like perfectly fine. Like gets up and runs a four minute mile after. It was not the best way to set the tone for the movie, I must no. say. No. And, you know, I, I I like Karen Gillan. I want to see her do more. And I do think that the opening scene 
actually the opening scene kind of surprised me with how serious it was in terms of its tone yeah. and setting the stage for uh, this character arc that Dave Batista's character uh, Vic will go on. But I really wish the, the film had more Karen Gillan because she's she's just a really fun actress to watch right now at this time. And she's gaining a lot more prominence, obviously, with uh, Avengers and also, too, with Jumanji. And so she's somebody that I, I just wish was given just a tad bit more in something like this. Otherwise, I don't know why you cast such a big name in such a small part. Same. I think to get people in seats. Well, and because she wasn't notice, even that she's prominent also in on the, the poster. Either. She is? She's on the poster. Yeah, she is. <laughs> I didn't see her in even one of the trailers for this. And also, too, can we just, like, point out how refreshing it is to see uh, Mira Sorvino on screen in a movie that people are actually seeing? <laughs> I feel like... Even though it wastes her. No, no, I understand that, but I feel like the movie she has done, like, especially over the last decade, it's like... Can you recall, like, the last time you saw her in something that was actually, um, like, you know, a movie that people saw? <laughs> No, her, she I think really she's, did her dirty. Exactly, that's exactly my thought. That's what I thought when I left the theater. I was like, "Why the hell don't we get more Mira Sorvino?" You know, mm. and then I went, "Oh, yeah." I'm really hoping that this is like the start of a resurgence for her because, as now that that guy came out and said, like, "Yeah, Harvey wouldn't even let me cast her when I wanted to," that people realized, like, "Oh, it's not because she's difficult to work with or a bad actress or anything. It's exclusively because." Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. She is an Oscar winner, people. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, and you're right. She Once again, that's another uh, issue I do have with this movie is that I understand this is a, a guy movie. I get that. But I feel that the uh, female characters in this could have been utilized a lot more effectively in terms of both of their characterizations. Because um, if you're going to go that route and you're going to just use the female characters to characterize your male characters that are your leads of your movie, you know, I would like it if they were just all given a little bit more to do to make them feel just a tad bit more substantial. Because think about it. If you go down the list here, you know, we have Natalie Morales, who plays Vic's daughter. You have uh, Betty Gilpin, who plays uh, Stu's uh, best friend, uh, Becca. Mira Sorvino, as we already talked about. Karen Gillan. They're all kind of just, they're all secondary. And they all don't really have much impact on the plot. Well, actually, no. They do have some impact on the plot to a certain extent, I guess. But <laughs> it, it just, I don't know. I, I, I just wish there was more equal footing here. Totally. I think... Um... In particular, like Natalie Morales is just the hidden for me in this movie because she's got such a great um, attitude and yeah. takes no shit throughout the whole thing. Although I did see that end, that final scene coming between her and Kumail. Oh, um, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. A mile away. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oof. Oof, you're really telegraphing here, movie. But she could have had so much more to do. But and then I thought that was coming, you know, when she figures out what's going on. But then it just just lets it all fall down. And it felt like a missed opportunity. There were a lot of missed opportunities for me in this one. She is such a great screen presence. Um, like she's just like always I always want to watch her in whatever she's in. Um, and same for Betty Gilpin, actually, which is why I was like, yes. kind of disappointed by that character for her. 
Her her entire character is almost through FaceTime the entire movie, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, like, and not that she didn't play it well, but it just felt like, oh no, no. Uh, I have to admit, it was cringeworthy at times. I get that she's yeah. like supposed to be drunk. I understand, but it just felt like a little too on the nose. Because I, yeah. I, I, hey, listen, I don't know about most people in this world, but for me, it just came off as a tad bit unbelievable. Yeah. In terms of like, this is how she would be communicating with him, you know. And then- the end when he finally, you know, reveals his feelings to her. She just kind of sits there and, hi? And it's like, no, dude, if you were best friends, you would not just sit there and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. You would have a reaction to something like that. And there's no time for that in the movie. There's no time for that. Unless if you really are like that shallow and you truly forever were oblivious to this and you really are just utilizing him to be your best friend. Like I said, like the screenplay is just very pedestrian in that way where it doesn't really communicate true Mm. human reaction or real feelings. It's a manufactured, hey, you know, this is (laughs) – like it, it, when I say manufactured, I mean like this is this is your typical studio film in yeah. that regard, you know. Like let's boil down complex emotions to its bare essentials to communicate what we need the plot to communicate, and let's get back to what people actually want to see in this movie, which is the comedic action duo of Camille and Batista. Yeah. However, not a cop. Yeah. Not a cop. However, I, I was really, really glad to see that they didn't take the relationship between. Um, Betty Gilpin and Camille Nanjani's characters as her, you know, being, oh, I just always thought you were gay. Oh, yeah. I was worried that was coming. I feel like even a couple years ago that would have they would have done that. Yeah. Particularly with this movie. And I was so glad that they actually had them have sex in the past, but just like, you know, never talked about it again. And it was awkward for whatever reason. No, that would have been a step, I think, too far to yeah. tipping this movie over into a film that is really and truly out of time. Like yes. 15, 10 years ago, movie like this, that definitely would have been a joke moment for mm-hmm. sure. And the fact that they never play into the nice guy trope. Like that he's this nice guy who's been and she just doesn't recognize how great he is. Yeah. All that bullshit. Like they never get into it that way. Kumail very much mm. his character owns that he's the one who just has been doing this and like sitting there star crossed looking in his eyes, like hoping she'll notice him. But it's <laughs> entirely his own fault for not stepping up and saying something. It never deem mm. the movie never demonizes her for not yes. realizing she's missing out on this great guy. I was the whole time I was like, please don't do it. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. And then they never did. And I was like, good job, movie. Yeah. One more thing that we have to talk about here. The strip club scene. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I want to just say that that uh, one male stripper, it, like for me, I think he stole the movie almost. Yes. Yes. Holy God, was he hysterical. I need to know that actor's name because he really owned that screen. Uh, like his screen time was used so perfectly. Guy, the guy from Shameless? Yeah, is that Steve who it is? Howie. Yeah, Steve Howie. Howie. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And it was really funny for me because I've watched Shameless ever, you know, all since it's been on. And in the most recent seasons, he has actually danced as a go-go boy in that show. Yes. So I, <laughs> that was a very meta moment for me. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Such awesome. a good thing. So fun, and the fact, and that was one of those moments where Dave Batista's blindness is perfect. Yeah, so funny. 
So funny. And yeah, that never, was really funny. It never makes fun of the fact that they're in a, a, a male strip club. Yeah. Like, it's just totally fine. And Kamel Nanjiani doesn't react badly. Like, I thought they played that part really well. And even five years ago, that would not have worked. True. True. Yeah. No, the, the, I thought that scene worked very, very well. I really, really enjoyed that. There were there were moments in this movie that I really did enjoy. Like, truly. I, I didn't really like the action that much. I didn't like the music choices either. I felt like they were a tad bit inconsistent and they didn't really fit the tone that the movie was going for at times. Even uh, Sticks at the end. I oh, <laughs> That was very strange. Yeah, like I just wasn't feeling it. I didn't understand like what they were kind of going for in terms – in like the opening too, the opening scene in the uh, hotel. There's music playing over the action and I'm kind of like watching this and I'm wondering wh- why uh, – why wouldn't you have like a musical, a musical or like score playing over this instead? It just feels like it's too early to have a moment like this. You know what I mean? I feel like the music choices in particular in this movie felt very broy, mm-hmm. very dude, dude like. I like very like this is a movie for men. Yeah. Well, I you know I I have to admit I didn't really feel that as much because I felt like if they were gonna do that, like we would have gotten some like. Chugga chugga chugga, like heavy metal music or something like that, you know. But the like, right song, yeah, for that final scene was not sticks. It was Queen. Okay, it was "Don't Stop Me Now." That, uh, and I know yeah. it's played out, but really, we all know that that was the song that should have been playing when they're as they're doing their final car chase. Ugh. It would have been too much for me because honestly, after last year, especially like I'm all queened out right now. I know, and that's, <laughs> I'm sure that's hundred percent. Although right. there is a great joke where he calls like uh, Batista one point like muscular Freddie Mercury or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That was great. There, there are definitely a lot of jokes in this, and especially like I really, really, genuinely feel that Kumail Nanjiani, like without him, this movie truly would not have worked. For the moments that it does work. He adds so, so much to his jokes in this movie. Um, in terms of line delivery, in terms of his uh, physicality, and really just going for it. Like, when he screams, it is hysterical watching when his reactions to certain moments. the car. Oh, yeah. it, that so is great. so funny. <laughs> I died when uh, he had a gun to his head um, and he faints and the one oh, guy yeah. just like, wait, what do I do? Like, and he just like lets him go down. <laughs> and that's why I liked the third act more because it felt like they just let him off, off the leash as it were and allowed him to just do what he does best and bring in his very sharp comedic sensibilities and get rid of the like what almost felt like a put on of him being like shy retiring guy and it's like no he is at his best when he gets to just bring out that acerbic wit and just own it that was when I was like okay now I can really enjoy this really enjoy his uh, everything he can bring to a comedy agree yeah. Okay, final thoughts. Great out of 10, Oscar potential. Dan Baer, what do you have for final thoughts? Um, It's, you know, as far as these things go, I think it's well done. Um, I think it's really enjoyable. They, you know, picked, they picked the right people to star. And 
even if the rest of the movie is kind of bland and forgettable, um, the the chemistry between Batista and Kimel and Johnny really that makes the movie. And really, in terms of this type of movie, that's all I want. That's really all I want is to have great chemistry and a fun time with the two leads. And um, I think this is they did right by that if not by everything else. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I and again the parts, you know, the 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 extra things they brought to it, I was not really expecting. I was not expecting this, you know, what makes a man uh it's not really even a subplot, I guess, but like theme sub Yeah, it's like the whole movie essentially. Yeah, and like I, I wasn't expecting them to engage with that in the way they did. So I was that was a pleasant surprise for me. Um, I'm, I'm sitting between a six and a seven, and I know you're going to say you have to pick one. Um, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, you know, just by just based on like the the really good time I had while watching this, I'll I'll give it the extra boost and say seven. Okay, wow. Alrighty, Katie. I had both fun and disappointment with this. And it felt, weirdly enough, it felt both uneven and perfectly balanced. <laughs> because it's like, there were a lot of parts where I was just like eye rolling. Like, oh God, come on guys, this is so s- stale. Like I've seen this joke 40 billion times already in other cop, not a cop, buddy movies. And then there's also these moments of hilarity like in the strip club and last most of the last third of the movie and pretty much anytime Kumail really gets to own it but that's why I felt like it was just this very middle of the road and honestly I summer comedies are always going to be a mixed bag for me personally and I think I was really hoping that this would be more of like a game night from last last Mm, summer which I thought was hilarious and really really great and this was not there but this is not a bad movie it's something you can watch and enjoy but and it definitely like Dan said it definitely tries it is trying to be a little better than the average movie like this but I think it just doesn't it doesn't quite reach there for me so I'm giving it the most middle of the road rating of a 5 out of 10 uh, I, too, am giving it a 5 out of 10. Uh, it's not a 5-star uh, rating on the Uber scale. Um, no. It would be, I guess, in this case, a 2.5-star rating on the Uber scale. But I will say that it was not complete trash. And that was something that I don't want to say like I necessarily expected heading in. But it was something that I thought was indeed entirely possible heading into it. And so I know there are some people out there that think that it is trash. And that's okay, I suppose. I think that this movie works in some points. It doesn't work in others. Obviously, the chemistry between Kumail Nanjiani and Dave Bautista, I think is, I don't want to say it's undeniable, but I think it works. I think it definitely works at times. And uh, credit to Dave Bautista as well for, I don't know, just trying, I guess. I, I, give, him, I give him credit for trying. I really do. Uh, and then also, but, but then you have like this misuse of all these other side characters uh, throughout and I'm, I don't know if this is something that Hollywood is just catching on to lately. 
but I'm getting kind of tired of uh, dogs being thrown into movies as a way to kind of, I guess, manipulate audiences into caring about the movie. Um, that's something I feel like is happening way too often lately. It's like as soon as a dog shows up, everyone instantly is just so much more attached to what's going on than otherwise. John Wick syndrome. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. that. May- <laughs> oh, God. And this is not John Wick. Let me tell you. No, no but I think uh, you know, like movie makers saw that and were like, "Ooh, people really care about dogs. <laughs> like, well, yeah, duh. exactly. And so in terms of like its action, it's definitely not John Wick. I think the action in this movie is actually pretty poor at times. I think the comedy, though, is really genuinely funny. And then there are some things that are just cringe worthy, like awful. You know, so it's a, I'm kind of with you, Katie. It's just middle of the road. It's not great. It's not trash. Um, it's not, I wouldn't even say it's not good. I also wouldn't say it's mediocre, poor. Like, what are we, what are we settling on here? And it's just like completely, completely average. So much so that I wouldn't even necessarily say go see this in theaters. I would say wait for it to arrive on streaming and just watch it at home. I think yeah. it's a good, I think it's a good yes. at home watch movie, honestly, with like family or friends. It's one of those movies where like, it's going to show up on TBS or TNT in USA and you're going to be doing, you know, whatever on the house and you're going to turn it on and like, Oh yeah, I like that movie. Yeah. Uh, two last points I have very, very quickly. One, I fucking love Sriracha. That's number one. <laughs> number two, Number two, and this 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 one it was something that I was not expecting at all, at all, and it literally only happens in the last couple of minutes of the movie. Stuber now gets to be on the list of Christmas movies. <laughs> oh my god! It's barely there, Matt. Come on. I'm just saying, any movie that takes place sometime at Christmas, all right, it gets to go on that list. That even Alonzo Duralde would go, the, the the king of Christmas would call this a Christmas movie. But now I have to read his review and find out if he does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they go all in in those last five minutes on the Christmas. They do those cute sweaters. I have to admit, I thought the last shot was very clever. It was, yeah. So I, it get it gets points from me for that stuff. I mean. It was fun. I had a good time. I didn't have like as bad of a time as I thought I was going to. And I think that's the best advice I could possibly give yeah. to somebody out there is go into this with low expectations. And I think you'll come out the other side. Okay. I think the word for that, that you're looking for to describe this is what Dan said earlier. It's fine. Mm. It's fine. <laughs> also, too, it's very interesting. Uh, when the 20th Century uh, Fox logo appeared on the screen, I instantly had this moment where I was like, is this, is this an R-rated Disney film? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I wondered. Like, we can have those laugh? now. <laughs> can we? Can we? Or is it just holdover? I don't know. We'll have to see what happens in the future, right? Right, exactly. That's what I wondered when, as I watched it after that happened. I was like, I wonder if this is like the last bastion of Fox. Like they had this in production and it was all ready to go. And they're like, well, let's just throw it out there anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zero Oscar potential. No, none at all. None. Zero. Zero stars. (laughs) Zero gold men. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, Dan Bear, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at DancingDanOnFilm. How about you, Katie? Where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at KT underscore Schaefer. 
And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Stuber here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, as I said at the top of the show. Five-star rating, please. Full stars, all the stars. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you like about the show. We love receiving your feedback. And also, too, head on over to Patreon, where for $1 minimum a month, you can get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And we shall see you all next time. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.